1: Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month.
1: Back to volume 13 of the Nerd Cave Retro podcast. My name is Jason Robbins, and I'm Derek Diamond. I was just telling Derek before the show, uh, <laughs> I, um, I must explain myself for the last episode because I got some facts wrong and uh, I felt I was a little bit harsh on Fester's Quest, um, maybe rightly so. But here's what happened. I got the flu the other day when we recorded the last episode and I literally got sick right before we started. I logged into Skype and was sitting here at my computer and said, Hmm, I got to go vomit. So I went and vomited and then came back and we started the show and I immediately started to physically and mentally go downhill. So by the time (laughs) um, the, by the time the show was over, like I was in the middle of like a fever had hit me. So I was like trying to edit the show and like I couldn't even focus on the screen anymore. I was just like, uh, I just I pretty much just sent you the the raw MP3 file with like no edits or anything in it. I was just like, here, just take it. <laughs> <laughs> and um a couple of facts I got wrong. It was made by Sunsoft, and Sunsoft didn't make Adventure Island. Hudson Soft made Adventure Island, and Sunsoft made the Nintendo Batman game, which kind of applied to my analogy in the last show, um, because the Batman game was actually really good. Fester's Quest, not quite so good. So there's my redactions from the last episode. (laughs) and feel like I must explain myself for what happened. Well, there's a motto that I live by,
0: and I think it fits perfectly in this situation. Never let facts get in the way of a good rant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
1: that was an epic rant.
0: Oh, it was awesome. I, I'm a sucker for a good rant. So, you know, facts aside, it was one of the more entertaining episodes that we've done, but you seem to be feeling better though.
1: Oh, I, I, I'm at about 90% right now. So uh, sweet. We're we're actually recording this on Thursday night. We were usually record on Sunday nights. Um, but I've had, you know, the past four days of recovery and, you know, for a good two, two and a half days was living hell, but then started to come out of it. And I'm at about 90 percent right now. So I'm, I'm feeling good.
0: Well, good, good. I'm glad you're feeling better.
1: But we had an announcement today because we are recording this. On oh, Thursday. boy, did we Ooh, have an announcement? Yes. Oh, yes. We'll let you start this one off.
0: So, the Nintendo NX, which has been the code name for the new console that Nintendo has been making, uh, they had a trailer come out that basically showcased the new console. And it's funny because before I get to that, last night, uh, Wednesday night, Nintendo announced on their Facebook page, they said, coming 9am Central Time tomorrow, the NX preview trailer. And I'm like, holy shit. Hmm. It's finally happening. So, It it was put on their YouTube channel, and the official name was announced, and it is not NX. It is known as Nintendo Switch. And when I first heard the name, I was like, um, I don't know about this. Like, it just didn't wow me, but thinking about it, I'm like, a name isn't going to make or break the console for me. Like, I'm not going to not buy it because... I don't particularly care for the name.
1: Yeah, the Wii wasn't exactly the the best name ever.
0: No, it wasn't. Uh, but just to explain a little bit about the console, it is a hybrid with a home console and a handheld. It's been rumored that that's what it's going to be, and those rumors were confirmed. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is a powerful handheld console featuring two detachable pieces that can act as individual controllers called Joy-Cons, and a TV connected dock for playing on the big screen. Its physical games will come in the form of cartridges similar to those used for the Nintendo 3DS. And for those who haven't watched the trailer, like from a a visual standpoint, the trailer was put together really well. Yeah. It's showcasing, you know, various ways you can do it. It's got a guy who's playing Zelda in his home, and then his dog wants him to take him for a walk. So he just attaches the two ends of the controllers, puts it on the handheld pulls it out of the home dock, and it instantly, like uh, the snap of a finger, it goes from being on the TV to being on the tablet. And I was like, wow, that's, that's actually really impressive. So he's playing it at the park, then he's playing it on the plane, uh, showing it off in the airport, and then we see various people, like two guys are playing it in a car. Uh, this woman takes it to a party. There's a, a Splatoon tournament, and... Um, it just looked really, really cool, and I think it's exactly what Nintendo needed to do. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't it was anything too flashy. This just said, hey, this is what the system is.
1: Well, the system itself just looks so streamlined and futuristic and looks like it's going to look good up on the shelf. And... The the thing that excites me about it is not only the controllers are detachable to where you can sit on the couch and play, and then you can attach them back to the, the little tiny screen that you can carry with you and be portable, but it also looks like it's going to come with a an Xbox-style controller as well, which yes. excites me because that is the controller that I want to play games with.
0: I totally agree. Like the one cool thing is the the detachable controller that has the the two ends that you take off. It looks like the traditional controller that it connects to is also like a charging station. Yeah. But because I'm looking at the picture right now and I see four LED lights. So my guess is it's probably like, you know, one light is 25%, the other 50, 75 and then 100. So it just looks it looks so cool and the fact that Nintendo has such a strong list of partners that are going to be making games, and I'll just list off a few of them here: there's Activision, Bethesda, Capcom, EA, Konami, uh, TT Games, Square Enix, Warner Brothers. Most of the heavy hitters are going to be making games for the Switch.
1: Yeah, I mean every, you know, every major uh, video game a developer is on this list. Absolutely.
0: And this can't come soon
1: enough. I know this, this looks like it's going to be, uh, another home run for Nintendo, because if they have this much third party support, this thing is, this is, I said it on, on pop culture palette, uh, this, the last episode of pop culture palette, and I've said it, Many times before, possibly even on this show, I know I've talked to you about it before. I don't need a Nintendo console to, to be able to stream Netflix or Hulu or anything like that. I have consoles that do that. I need Nintendo to give me a badass gaming machine. And that's what this looks like it's going to be. And that's all it needs to be. And just give me great games, give me third-party support, give me a comfortable controller to play with, and you've got me. And I think they have me this time.
0: Other cool things that they displayed were uh, some possible games. They showed what looks like a new Mario game. Mm -hmm. They showed showed Skyrim, uh, NBA, Zelda, Mario Kart, and Splatoon, which Mm -hmm. was a newer game that they made for the Wii U that was actually really, really good. I think the thing I'm curious about now, there are are two things. One, I want to know the battery life of the tablet. Yeah. And two, the launch lineup. And whatever the launch lineup is, whatever they announce, they need to stick with it. Don't announce it if it's not going to be ready. Yeah. Because that is something that game developers have gotten into a really bad habit of doing. And uh, by the time listeners are listening to this, it will be... Last week's show on the Nerd Cave, we actually got into a big debate about that, about how game developers will say, oh, such and such game coming uh, summer 2016, and then it gets delayed like a year and a half. Yeah. And Nintendo doesn't need to do that.
1: Well, uh, Steph, uh, Steffi um, on the pop culture palette, uh, she brought up a good point, is, do you Think that the um that the little screen that you attach the controllers to and take it portable, do you think that's going to be a touch screen?
0: That was interesting. They didn't really display that in the trailer. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, I would think if it were, they would have showcased that. But the touch screen, it's not really a make or break thing for me. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure people will complain if it's not. But I'm not gonna be one of them. Like, I, even if something is a touchscreen, I rarely use it unless it's my phone yeah. or an iPad. Well, so honestly,
1: I mean, this thing looks like it's everything we wanted it to be. So as long as Nintendo can come out strong with some really good launch titles, I might get this thing on, you know, launch. If not on, on launch, I'll definitely have it by summer.
0: Yeah, I'm the game that I am excited for the most and it's there's no doubt whatsoever is the new Zelda. Yeah. It looks so so good. It, it looks it looks better every time I watch like new gameplay or a new trailer from it. Yeah. It's the Zelda game that I have waited since Ocarina of Time to play.
1: Yep. It's beautiful. It, I mean, everything we've seen from it is just mind-blowing. It really is and you know,
0: I hope that maybe for launch they have Zelda. I don't think they'll put Zelda and Mario around the same time. Maybe like a Mario Kart or yeah. some type of multiplayer type game.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're going to bring out the two heavy hitters to start. I think what they're probably going to do is launch with Zelda and Mario is going to be the the Christmas um going to be their holiday release.
0: I think so, too, and then, between then, you could put like a Metroid or yeah. a Star Fox. I know they recently did a Star Fox for Wii U, but I mean to me, the Wii u is kind of an, an asterisk with Nintendo because yeah. no one's really played
1: it well, Nintendo has sort of become the uh the, the every other console company, you know, like you had the Nintendo, which was you know a phenomenon. And then you had the Super Nintendo, which was it wasn't quite as um, successful as the Nintendo was. But then you had the N sixty four, which was another great console. Then you had the the GameCube, which really didn't catch on that that much. But then you followed that up with the Wii, which was which outsold I think didn't it outsell the original Nintendo. Yes, it did. And then you had the Wii U after that. Which really did nothing, and then you've got this, and this thing looks like it's gonna be up there with the Wii absolutely no
0: i'm I'm definitely gonna save up, and I'm gonna get this on launch day, like um, I absolutely cannot wait,
1: so what do you think the price point's gonna be for this thing? I'm thinking they're gonna be smart about it and price it around two fifty
0: I was gonna say around three hundred.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking 250 to 300 would probably be smart for them. Anything over 300, and you're running into territory of be- people not not being as interested anymore.
0: Yeah, because Nintendo has to be very, very careful. Yeah, with
1: how they handle things, like they have very little room for error. Yeah, with that's this why thing. I'm thinking 250. Because 300 is nice, you know, a 299 price tag. But if you launch this thing at 250. dollars which they might be losing money to start out with, but it could be a loss leader, to where it, you know they're gonna sell a lot more software if they can get more consoles out.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. No, I I think it'll be two fifty, no
1: more than three hundred. Yeah, but so I, I'm, I'm really excited for the Switch. Me too. I can't wait to get my at at least get my hands on. Uh, you know, uh a store um display to see how this thing feels, how it plays, um, how the graphics look. I mean, it, it looks like it's gonna be great, but I would like to get my hands on it first. And as soon as we see what third party titles are going to be coming out, I mean, they've pretty much got me at this point. I just want to know what third party titles they're gonna have coming.
0: I think in the next month or so we're really gonna get an idea of what games are going to be coming out, you know, on launch and over the next
1: couple of months afterwards, yeah, well, we had talked about it i and I said they needed to do something before this month was out, and I think we're so close to the launch date I think with in the, since we got the trailer today, I think in the next few weeks in the next couple of months, we're going to get a deluge of information about this console.
0: I think so too it's It's such a good time to be a Nintendo fan now, yes, it is. Oh, I even said I forgot, um, to,
1: it- I forgot to play this, which you know fits right in. <laughs> <laughs> wow, good stuff. Yes, good stuff. <laughs> but um, well, let's um, let's go on and talk about. Uh, let's see what we got. We have our social media question for this week. Uh, if you could make a horror movie into a game or remake a horror game from the past. What would it be? And our super fan Tyler Watson uh, chimed in with Evil Dead. There were a couple of games on PS1 Dreamcast, but they were both hot street trash that were just bad clones of Resident Evil Silent Hill. Um, yeah, I tend to agree that the Evil Dead game was pretty much a pile of hot garbage. From what little I remember of it, yes, I agree. Did you ever get to play? I can't even remember the name of the game, but I had it. For the PS1, and I just remember getting it home, playing it, and immediately just, you know, that sinking feeling you have when you buy a game and you put it in, and, like, within the first five minutes, you know that it's awful.
0: Yeah, no, I've had that experience more than once.
1: Hmm. Yeah. But
0: if if <laughs> they if they were ever to do another Evil Dead game, they'd have to get Bruce Campbell.
1: Yeah, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. And uh, BJ Wanlan came to us on Twitter. Uh, maybe remake Clock Tower. And I meant to look that up. Didn't we talk about that the other night? Clock
0: I believe Tower. we
1: did. Let's see Clock Tower Clock video Tower. game, 1995. Let's see what this game's about. If I can get the page to load. Uh, Clock Tower is a survival horror point-and-click adventure game developed and published by Human Entertainment for the Super Famicom in 1995. It is the first installment in the Clock Tower series. The story follows orphan Jennifer Simpson. Soon after, she is adopted by the Barrows family along with other orphan girls. Uh, yeah, this is the one we talked about with Man, the guy that chases you with the giant scissors.
0: Yeah, I recognize the artwork. Yeah, we did talk about this. Yeah, I think I, we talked about it last week.
1: Yeah, I did. I meant to look this up. Um, it looks really cool, so I'd, I'd like to see some gameplay of this game. Um, I actually see a screenshot of the Scissors guy, and that looks really weird. <laughs> okay. Looks like an interesting game. Yeah, I'm going to check out some YouTube videos about this, because he's the second person that's mentioned this game.
0: Yeah, it'll definitely be worth checking out.
1: But uh, let's move on into this month in video game history. So in 1987, in October, Nintendo releases Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! for the NES Famicom. I love Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! Still to this day, one of my favorite video games.
0: One of the best boss fights, or final boss fights of all time. One of the hardest fights. When you get to fight fights. Mike Tyson. Uh, Back when Mike Tyson was in his prime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I uh, Yeah, before he started biting the ears off and all that kind of stuff, you know.
0: Yeah, and getting knocked out by small Irish guys.
1: <laughs> but this was definitely one of those games that everybody had. I mean, I oh, everybody yeah. I knew that had a Nintendo had Mike, either Mike Tyson's Punch-Out or a regular Punch-Out. This was just one of the must-have games for the NES.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's, it's an iconic game. Yeah.
1: But uh, am I doing 1988
0: too? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, real quick, real quick. Um, The sound effects you've been playing, the audio has been really low. Oh, has it? Hmm. Like I can barely hear them. That's
1: weird. I'm going to have to look into that. Hmm. But uh, 1988, uh, October 5th, Origin Systems releases Ultima 5 Warriors of Destiny. This was the first game in the Ultima series to implement a time-of-day system with day-night cycles and daily schedules for non-player characters. Uh, you know there are people that are still playing this game? Like, still playing the Ultima games, even though they're, like, 20 years old? 30 years old?
0: That's awesome that that series is still around.
1: I know. I mean, there there are people that are, like, like still play it, like... Like people play like World of Warcraft, like they still do raids and all kind of stuff. And I'm like, man, there's still servers up for this thing.
0: I hope Leroy Jenkins still plays World yeah. of Warcraft. <laughs> <That'd> be awesome, <laughs> uh, Best Internet video of all time. Oh, yes. But no, um, I actually had no idea this was the series that started the time of day system. And that's something that, you know, if you play modern games, that's just a second nature type thing. Yeah. So it's it's cool to learn what game really started that because it's it's really an important thing with games because you know you have some where you can only do some objectives at night and yeah. do some during the day.
1: So speaking
0: it's cool to that, learn oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was going to say speaking of that, um one of the games that that mechanic is really great in was Red Dead Redemption. The 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 first game that I really noticed it.
0: Mhm.
1: And which the sequel to that was just announced. Yes, I know. I was about to say that. They're having a sequel to that game coming out next year. That's Rockstar's next release. I'm actually excited about that. I will be getting that game. I hope that comes out on the uh the the Switch. That would that that'll be my first purchase for the Switch. Absolutely.
0: But let's see. In 1989, on October 3rd. Broader bun releases the Prince of Persia game, the first in a series of games noted for its advancements in animation. I've never played Prince of Persia, but I know a lot of people who aren't like huge platformer fans, but they love Prince of Persia.
1: Yeah. I think it still kind of holds up to this day. Um I remember uh playing it a few times on computers back in the like the early 90s. And the graphics on it and the just the fluid animation on the game was really f- way far ahead of its time.
0: I'll have to look into that because I I've, I know there's a few Prince of Persia games and they did the movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. which I never saw. But I didn't either. <laughs> yeah, but no, that's that's cool. Um, also on October 3rd, Maxis releases Will Wright's SimCity, the first of the Sim games in a revolutionary real-time software toy. I loved SimCity for Super Nintendo. Yeah, I did too. That's you could build cities. Name. You could build cities and then just have Bowser come in and trample over everything.
1: <laughs> Who doesn't want to put like build a city and then just destroy it for no reason?
0: Oh, I know. Or you just build a bunch of factories and everybody leaves because there's too much pollution. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's just one of those games that's so frustrating because you have to balance everything perfectly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I haven't played any sim game besides that one, but I know a lot of people who who love the sim games. I know a lot of people who love a lot of different things. It seems like I feel like yeah. that's the fourth time I've said that on this show. <laughs> but no, Sim is really fun. Yeah. Also, uh, in 1994, on October 10th, ID Software releases Doom 2, and Dave D. Taylor creates a Linux port of the original Doom becoming the first major game for the new operating system. Did you ever play Doom?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, when I was in 11th grade, I had computer classes. Mm-hmm. And whenever you got done with your work, if you were the first one done, whenever you got done with your work, they had the teacher had a, a shoebox of um, floppy disks Ah, uh, the three you know, three and a half inch discs that had video games on them, and one of the games was Doom. So like all the dudes in the class, we would just like hurry up. The you know, the first one to get done would get to play Doom. So like everybody's like hurrying up, trying to do their their work in class, just so they could be the first one done to be able to play Doom the rest of the period.
0: I remember watching my uncle play that. Like I would hang out with him after, uh, like after I would be finished with school. I never played it, but I remember watching it a lot. Like almost a daily thing. And I actually saw a a funny meme on the Internet today. Someone took the Doom logo and flipped it to where it said wood. (laughs) And there was a first-person view of a lumberjack about to cut down a tree. Nice. It was pretty fantastic. But, (laughs) you know, Doom is one of those revolutionary computer games. Oh yeah cuz I rem- and you know it it also caused a very mediocre movie to happen.
1: Yeah. We like, we don't on- talk about that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Even the rock doesn't like to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. The only cool thing about that movie was the first person sequence. Like that was awesome.
1: Yeah, that was that was really was the only cool part of that movie. Other than that it was a, it was a terrible movie. It was a hot pile of garbage.
0: Uh it was it really, really was. Well,
1: let's wash the stink of that movie out of our mouths and move on to our review for this week. Uh, and I think I've figured out why you're not hearing my soundboard is because I just did a Skype update a few minutes ago and no telling what Skype did this week.
0: Oh, the daily Skype update?
1: Yeah. So At least that's I'm gonna, what it seems like. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and play the music and hopefully you'll be able to hear it. Tell them what the game is, Derek. This is a game that you have wanted
0: me to review since we started this show. And I actually just played it a couple of hours before we started doing this podcast. And that would be the Super Nintendo hit, Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Zombies Ate My Neighbors. It was a lot of fun. Like, it was one of those games that you can just jump right into Mm -hmm. and start shooting zombies. It took me a little bit to figure out like how to get through a level, but once I did, like I just started, you know, knocking them out. Like it, it was, it's one of those games. Like I actually enjoyed it so much that um, I have Monday off, so I'm gonna record a let's play of it, and that's gonna be a Halloween edition of my Throwback Thursday. Awesome! So you can look forward to that on YouTube this upcoming Thursday at uh, Nerd Cave Gaming but Zombies Ate My Neighbors is a run-and-gun video game developed by LucasArts and originally published by Konami for the Super NES and Sega Genesis co- consoles in 1993. I had no idea that LucasArts
1: did this. Yeah, um, actually, I'd forgotten about that till just now.
0: Like, seeing the <laughs> classic Konami logo, like, you know, it has that little wipe, and then yeah. the gold pops up and you see the white background, like, that that to me is really iconic when it comes to retro games. And then the LucasArts logo pops up and I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't know they did this. (laughs) This is kind of cool. But basically what you do is you can play as either Zeke or Julie and you rescue neighbors from zombies and other monsters, you know, as you get later on into the game. But it's very simple. It's very easy to get into. You just walk around, you shoot zombies and you have to collect all the neighbors in that designated area and then once you finish a little exit door pops up you walk in go to the next level and you do the same thing
1: yeah and the thing that's cool about it, it's got that top down view you know that kind of three quarter top down view and the the graphics are what really drew me into this game in the first place when i first played it it's got a graphical style that's that reminds me a lot of Plants vs Zombies. Did you ever play that game?
0: I did not, but I've seen I've seen bits of it. So yeah, I I agree with what you're saying.
1: Yeah, it's got a very cartoonish look to it, and it's just really appealing.
0: Oh, it is. I actually think that style can still be used today.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: It, like the it reminded me so much of. I mean, it it is one of those, but it reminds me so much of the 16-bit games that I loved growing up. It's it's a simple game; you could hop right into it, and you know it doesn't it doesn't take a lot to to play through it. And I think that's actually a really good quality of it.
1: Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, it's not a game that's going to be super challenging. Uh, It's pretty straightforward. the The controls are nice; They're, they're fluid. Um and it, you get all kind of really cool weapons. I mean, you get like a, a an Uzi water gun, uh, let's see, uh, bazookas, weed whackers, explosive soda cans, popsicles, tomatoes, silverware dishes, ancient crucifixes, flamethrowers, fire extinguishers, and Martian bubble guns.
0: I'm going to have to get the Martian bubble gun. Yes. That sounds awesome.
1: <laughs> and now that you got this on the Wii console, I'm... I might have to fire up the Wii and see if I could get this on the Wii.
0: Yeah, uh, you definitely should. It, it was it was a lot of fun. You know, I sat down and played it for close to an hour, and I can't wait to do more of it. And like I said, I'm going to record a, a let's play of it on Monday and just see how far I can go.
1: I definitely want to hear your your thoughts on it next week too, after you've played it for a while, because I. I don't remember if I finished this game or not. I remember renting it quite a few times, but it was one of those games that I rented a bunch of times, but I never bought it. And I could kick myself for not doing so because it is such a hard game to find these days. Um, mm-hmm. But I just remember having so much fun with this game, and it's just right up my alley because I love you know, horror movies and things like that. And then just this just takes that genre and just, does something really awesome with it, and it's one of the most fun games that I had played on the Super Nintendo.
0: That's actually what I was about to say. It adds a fun element to it, yeah. So I highly recommend it. You know, from what little I've played of it, if I were to rate it on a scale of one to ten, right now I would say it's probably like a seven or a seven and a half. But I'm also very early into it. Yeah. So I'll give, uh, I'll give an updated review of it, or updated score next week.
1: Yeah, it says here that although not an immediate success, Zombies Ate My Neighbors became a cult classic years after its release. Upon its release, it got above average praise, earning an 84.5% on GameRankings.com. Reviewers of the game often cited its humor, two-player mode graphics, and music as some of its best aspects.
0: I do love the music so far. It's it's really, really good. And I, I, I think I mentioned this before, but I remember in the Nintendo Power magazines, this actually became like a huge story. It might have even been on the cover of one. I can't remember, but I know there were one or two issues where they talked a lot about this game and just somehow it kind of got by me like I just never played it.
1: Yeah, this was one of those games that I really didn't hear much about at the time. The only reason I got this game was I had gone to rent something at the time, and I I think whatever I wanted to rent wasn't in, so I ended up renting this instead, and ended up renting it for like a couple of weekends in a row, and just fell in love with it. And uh, I'm actually reading right here, uh, that As of 2011, a film based on the game was in development. The film was being penned and produced by screenwriter John Darko, known for his work on John, James Wan's Insidious and Aaron Sims' archetype. story is reported to be, un, be by unknown writer Martin Louie. At the time of report, the film was in the process of securing rights from LucasArts and obtaining a director as well as financing. Wow.
0: That'd be kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been five years ago, so I imagine that it's probably in development hell right now, but I would love to see a movie about this. It could be a Zombieland-type movie. Yeah, there was also a sequel entitled Ghoul Patrol was released in 1994, but was not as well-received as its predecessor. Originally, Ghoul Patrol was not intended to be released as a sequel, but was reworked as such to increase sales. I hate it when they do things like that.
0: The funny story, I have a funny story about this. When the GameCube came out, there was a game that was in development called Dinosaur Planet. you It was kind of like Zelda Ocarina of Time, except the the two protagonists were two uh, foxes. And it was about them trying to rescue um, all these dinosaurs who were being enslaved by this uh, like general who was... Uh, like a giant lizard or a dinosaur-type creature. Um, Shigeru Miyamoto went in to look at some of the concept art, and they were like, he was like, oh, the main character looks like Fox McCloud from Star Fox. Huh. So from there, they changed it to make it in the Star Fox universe. Wow. So they made a Star Fox game with very little flying.
1: <laughs> that doesn't make any sense.
0: No, it doesn't. The best parts of the game are when you fly, which is you flying from, flying to different locations on the planet because the planet's been separated into pieces, so you have to fly out into space to fly to another like section of it. And those are the best parts. Wow. The rest of it's just like Ocarina of Time.
1: Hmm. See, I kind of think that's probably what happened with Fester's Quest, which I reviewed last week. Um, it feels like one of those games that it was probably something else and got shelved because it was awful but then they got the the license to use the Adams family so they just went in and slapped Uncle Fester in there and some you know put on a new title screen and added some Adams family characters in there and then said oh this is here it is this is the Adams family game and they just took some random game and just you know slapped uh, a different skin on it. Gotta try and make that money. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but overall, I I enjoy this game, and I can't wait to play more of it. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch your Let's Plays for this, and uh definitely want you to tell me more next week about what you think about it, because I really loved this game when I was a kid. And I still feel... I, I remember I played it, somehow i played it not too terribly long ago maybe like a decade ago or so and it still held up so i would love to play it now and see how it played see how well it holds up i think it does it definitely holds up absolutely oh, cool. well um it, we're actually uh coming up on our time here was there anything else you wanted to talk about before we get out um i don't believe so no it was another fantastic episode awesome Uh, I think next week, let's see, I will be reviewing Ghosts and Goblins for our official Halloween episode. (laughs) (laughs) And I gotta tell you right now, I did not like Ghosts and Goblins when I was a kid. I thought it was too hard. But as an adult, I am in love with this game. I can't wait to hear about it. So I will be reviewing that next week. So um, let's go ahead and let's get out of here for tonight. So if you would like to email us, you can email us at uh, NerdCaveRetro at gmail.com. If you would like to get a hold of us on Twitter, we're at NerdCaveRetro, at JFunktastic, and at Derek underscore Diamond. And you can also get a hold of us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash NerdCaveRetro. So go ahead and tell them what's up, Derek. May the
0: way of the hero lead to the Triforce. been listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.
1: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.
0: Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.